0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. As a story that's been, uh, I think it's troubling a lot of people, and that is that Gordon Stuckless, the Maple Leaf Garden sexual predator, is out of jail just months after a convicted serial sexual abuser of young boys had his prison sentence increased by the Ontario Superior Court, And was slated to spend almost a decade in prison for his crimes, which took place over three decades. So how does that happen? Uh, and then there's Omar Cotter. He's lost a court appeal in the United States. Scott Newark uh, joins us, former Alberta prosecutor, was also the executive director of the Canadian Police Association and past president of the Ontario Office for Victims of Crime. Scott, thanks for the time. And how does how does it happen that that Stuckless, with his history, multi-decade history of sexual predation, is released from prison just months after his sentence is increased?
1: Yeah, it's um, another example, I think, of uh, in effect uh, our "say one thing, do another" justice system uh, that just outrages so many people uh, because, as you say. You know, this guy in June of uh, 2019 gets his sentence increased to uh, 10 years, uh, six months off for pretrial credit uh, that he never should have gotten. Uh, but the point of it actually is, is is the it's the way that the law works and the calculation. We've actually described it as corrections math. And the point of this is, is that because the new sentence it, that was imposed, the increase in the sentence that was imposed, it goes back it relates to offenses that he was convicted of and uh... uh back in twenty sixteen so the start date on the new sentence you know quite fairly goes back to the point of when he was in custody on those uh, new convictions and so as a result of that the way our system works um, the start date for calculating when he is eligible for a different kind of an early release goes back to that start date and you know, I mean, you made the point, you know, he was sentenced to 10 years in jail. Well, actually, no, uh, that's not the, the way our system works. Uh, he got a sentence of 10 years. That would be the maximum that would apply. But he is entitled under our system and under the Corrections and Conditional Release Act. As, I, as I'm sure you know, he's entitled to be considered. He's not entitled to be released, but he's eligible to be released. After the expiration of only one-third of that sentence, irrespective of how many other offenses that he has in the past, and he's eligible for day parole six months in advance of that one-third. So when you do the math and go back to that start point of when he was actually convicted back in uh, 2016, that's why he was eligible to be released.
0: Yeah. Uh, Scott, that's something we've talked about, you and I have talked about many times over the years. A sentence really isn't a sentence. Let me ask you this. Uh, if- because I have to I have to ask you while I'm thinking about it. The Trudeau government is no longer focused on eliminating mandatory minimum sentencing, which they were in 2015. And Global News last year found out nearly 800 criminal cases have been thrown out yeah. after a Supreme Court deadline of 18 months for provincial court trials and 30 months for superior court trials were not met. What's going on?
1: Well, that was uh, the classic case, in my opinion, of judicial activism in the Jordan case where the Supreme Court... Um, literally made the policy, and not only you know, made the policy in the sense of saying, look, there's got to be timelines, but actually took it upon themselves as unelected and unaccountable as they are to actually set what those dates would be, as you described. And as a result of that, when the Crown realizes, and let's face it, Roy, you and I have been talking a long time, uh, our Charter of Rights has actually created a much more process-focused justice system and so, as a result, there's been just a you know, phenomenal delay, increase in delay, in the way cases are processed. And, you know, guess who benefits uh, by it more than anybody else? The accused. I, mean, there was, I remember when the, uh, uh, the, there was a Supreme Court case that came out called Stinchcomb, uh, mandating disclosure by the Crown, and the saying that we had was that most defense counsel asked for disclosure in the hope that they wouldn't get it just so they could then argue a procedural thing. And now you've got, you know, the uh, Supreme Court saying, well, we're going to take it upon ourselves to set what the actual uh, numbers are going to be, to actually make the policy, as opposed to our uh, elected and accountable, you know, officials. So I, I, I personally, I think it is a uh, very uh, uh, wrong way to go in a democracy. And the um, there's just different examples of how different governments deal with, with that kind of uh, activism. Look, on mandatory minimum sentences, we've had them for a very long time. They increased under the Harper government, and in some instances, as I'm sure you'll recall, the courts have even uh, struck them down.
0: Yeah. Uh, Look, should we just assume that Correctional Service Canada and the whole justice system knows what it's doing. And Stuckless, with a thirty-year history of sexual predation, uh, I understand he's undergoing chemical castration. But should we just assume that the man's not a threat anymore? Should we just feel comfortable now? No. I'm not.
1: No, I don't think so. And one of the things that I think uh, I'm—I uh, hope that the exposure of this will, you know, cause more people to look at, you know, how the system works or doesn't work. We actually got the law changed at one point uh, several years ago to allow judges to um, alter what I had described at the outset of our conversation about the parole eligibility. And in fact, uh, the um, section now is section 743.6, where the court actually has the legal authority to say, okay, you know, your sentence is 10 years, as they did in Stucklis' case. Uh, And because of the uh, importance of denunciation and deterrence, I'm going to say that you're not eligible for parole until you've served half of your sentence. That was a tool that was literally created by, you know, public policy advocates like myself and others. Uh, And in this case, when I read this, that was my first question, is why in hell would the judge that ultimately made the sentence or the court of appeal that increased the sentence not do the same thing? Because the alternative, if you don't use that tool that's been created, guess what? He's eligible at one-third for parole and six months in advance of that for day parole, Mm -hmm. and that's what's happened.
0: Let me move over to the Omar Khadr story. Uh, I'll I'll just quote from the first lines from a story on uh, globalnews.ca. An American civilian court has refused to order a military court to decide an appeal from former Guantanamo Bay prisoner Omar Cotter. In a brief decision this week, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit denied Cotter's request to force the issue. Quote, at this time, Cotter has not demonstrated a clear and indisputable right to the extraordinary remedy, end quote, the court said. What's going on?
1: Well, as is always the case with uh, Mr. Cotter, uh, it's convoluted. Uh, Basically, he pled guilty after uh, uh reaching a plea bargain uh and uh where his lawyer who you'll remember uh, uh Bill Kieber was a great guy uh, and he actually filed an affidavit that said that he had you know uh, did commit the crimes and was under no authority or no pressure to you know uh, enter his guilty plea so he enters his guilty plea he gets transferred back to Canada he ends up uh going through our system and then he files, in the United States there's a, there's a legal process, because it was a military court, he's able to file what was a military court appeal, in other words, asking the military court system to uh, virtually quash his uh, sentence and his conviction. And when nothing happens with that, he then took an extra step, and there is, you can go to a civilian court and try to get them to order the military court to do what they were delaying in doing. And what this case is is that the civilian court just said, no way, we're not going to do it. You're you know, trying this route to get us to tell them what to do. No, we're not going to do it. So it's a, another sort of a convoluted attempt to use some tool that uh, is perceived that might to help him get what he wants. But in this case, the Americans uh, shut it down.
0: And it's, what her is opp- what, does he have opportunities to repeal this? In I guess what I'm asking you is, will we ever stop hearing about Omar Carter?
1: Um, you know, I'm reminded of that great country and western uh, song uh, from uh, Toby Keith. Um, How can I miss you when you never go away? Uh, it, it is interesting, isn't it, that the uh, he finds a way to still, you know, get his uh, name into the uh, into yep. the news. Yep. I, he is running out of, he's, he's done in Canada in the sense of uh, what he can uh, pursue because his sentence is now over. Right. So this is really, uh, I think, the last. Uh, phase that he's actually gotten. As I say, uh, I I have no doubt that the military court is just going to turn him down as well, too.
0: Scott, it has nothing to do with Cotter, but you mentioned the song title. And if I don't tell you this, if I don't mention the song title to you, it's going to bug me all night. Okay? It's got nothing to do with anything, but it's a great song title. Jimmy Webb wrote this, the guy who wrote Wichita Lineman. If you see me getting smaller, I'm leaving.
1: (laughs) Yes, well. Yeah, yeah. uh, all
0: right. It's a funny line. Yeah. You well, don't have, to learn, but, uh, have to learn how to learn that. You have to learn how to smile a bit, buddy.
1: I'm sorry, I'm having a problem hearing you.
0: I said you need to learn how to smile.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to smile uh, <laughs> I know, frankly, I, like know the, I know,
0: uh, I know, the I know. previous
1: words in the sentence were Omar I got
0: gotcha. you. I'll talk to you soon, Scott. Thanks for the time. Okay, Roy. Scott Newark, former Alberta Crown Attorney. Why am I yelling? You can hear me. Uh <laughs>